Well, we're back with another episode of Arrow, Chapter and Verse. This time it's Green Arrow, Season 5, Episode 1, Legacy. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the legacy of Green Arrow. Thea and John still off the team. Uh, Oliver's out there trying to do it all himself and be mayor, and he's having a little trouble coordinating uh, because... Um, it's tough to be both a vigilante and a full-time mayor. Uh, I, I don't know that you can actually do it well. His his poll numbers aren't great, and uh, people call him Mayor Handsome because apparently that's that's what he does. Is he misses meetings uh, because he's the mayor? I mean, he could have asked Felicity about it because she tried to run a company and uh, be Overwatch, and it, it really doesn't work for her. All right, so we start off with uh, Felicity is no, not Felicity. Excuse me, Thea is talking to the police lieutenant, um, who I believe is still a police lieutenant, and I forget what his name is, but he used to be uh, Quentin Lance's police lieutenant, and uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, they're at a they're at a ball. Uh, they're waiting for Oliver to show up. He he's not shown up because he's busy beating up Anarchy because Anarchy has set a bomb. He basically shoots the bomb with. Uh, a portable Wi-Fi arrow, which allows Felicity to hack into the bomb and shut it off. And in the meantime, uh, Wild Dog, right? We all remember Wild Dog. He's the guy who wears a hockey mask and isn't, um, oh, oh no, I've forgotten the name of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy who wears a hockey mask and uses sports equipment and was played by Elias Coteus in the first movie. <laughs> there you go. I remember the name of the actor, but not the character. Too bad. All right. So, Wild Dog shows up. Uh, Ollie shoves him out of the way because Felicity is already disarming the bomb, and then shoots him in the leg because Ollie is insistent that John and Thea are going to come back. And uh, they're, probably, uh, they're probably not going to come back, is the thing. Um, but he is not going to admit that, and of course, until much later on in the episode. All right. So um, the big thing is that there's this anti-crime initiative that he wants to get around to talking about, except he's worried about it because of widespread allegations of corruption in the police force. And he mentions this to a reporter, and Thea points out that he just insulted the police force he's got to work with, and all these other things. So that's that side of it. Um... In the meantime, a guy named Tobias Church has moved into town, and we find this out when a bunch of dirty cops attempt to uh, rob a gang of a bunch of cash uh, and set it up to look like two gangs killed each other, and then Tobias Church walks in the other door with his group and proceeds to do one of those, you know, Al Capone... Um, from the Untouchables, beating on somebody, well, not with a baseball bat, with uh, brass knuckles in this case, and uh, let everybody know that he's now the one in charge, right? Okay, so they're going to dedicate a statue to Laurel Lance, a.k.a. Black Canary. Now, it's on her tombstone, so anybody who looks knows, but the fact that uh, Oliver got the town council the or the city council to pony up the cash for a statue to uh, an ADA slash vigilante. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not as far-fetched as everything else that's been happening to uh, Star City over the last few years. So there we go. Uh, there's going to be a nice um, 
commemorative speech. Oliver's going to announce his thing for the, the crime initiative, the ACI. Uh, but then wouldn't you know it, who would show up but our old friend Tobias Church? Now, I want to point out something about Tobias Church. Tobias Church is a gang leader. He's a brutal gang leader. That's all he is. We've had a bunch of escalation. We've had Malcolm Merlin, then Slade Wilson, then the League of Assassins, then Damian Dark. And with each of those steps, we've sort of been getting farther away from the type of thing that Ollie would be more or less expected to handle with his team of non-superpowered vigilantes, um, which might be one of the reasons that they had the Adam leave the show. Perhaps the Adam was a little bit overpowered to be hanging out with everybody else in Star City. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we have Slade Wilson with his army of super-strength criminals. We have uh, Ray uh, Raish, or Raz Al Ghul, with his, his army of assassins, most of whom were not terribly good at their job. Like, most of them could get beaten in a fight pretty easily. And then, of course, we had Damien Dark, who had a bunch of supernatural powers. Now, I understand why you would pull back to do a gang leader like Tobias Church. It is getting back to Oliver's roots. But the problem is, after a guy who <laughs> threatened the globe with thermonuclear horror, well, Tobias... I'm sure he's going to be a tough fight for Oliver. I'm sure he's not going to be easy. But uh, he seems like kind of small potatoes, you know? Um, and I, again, I appreciate why they're doing it. And I think it's probably a good choice. But I think a better choice would have been to not escalate to Damien Dark in the first place. I do want to point out that even though we had Criminals with Super Strength and the League of Assassins, they were very, very closely focused on we are just going to fuck up Star City, which is something that's been going like Malcolm Merlin going to fuck up Star City. Everybody else going to fuck up Star City. Uh, it looks like Damien Dark actually did fuck up the Glades, uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, we didn't have Oliver handling any other world-ending problems until Damien, and now that he's stepping down from that, um, it, it feels a little narrow, a little cramped, which, of course, maybe we're meant to feel that way, because Oliver's world is a little narrow, a little cramped. He's the only one out there doing any vigilanteing. Okay. The flashback. We've all been wondering what the flashback would be. Well, it turns out that this is Oliver's promise to his uh, his friend who got uh, who was in the process of getting possessed by the idol, the one he had to kill. Uh, he's going to go back and kill the the essentially gang lord that runs her hometown in Russia. So he decides that the best way to get a face to face with this guy is to start by going through the underground fight pit that, of course, we know they all have, and we see him in this flashback fighting a guy who's much bigger, and he ends up killing the guy, and somebody comes to talk to him afterwards, and he's like, I don't want money, I just want what you promised, which is apparently time alone with this guy he wants to kill. Well, it turns out that the guy he killed was one of the Bradva's big earners, and they're not super happy with him, and they're going to kill him until his old friend Anatoly shows up and saves his life, and uh, offer some sage advice about moving forward before agreeing to jump him into the Bratva so that he can get close to this guy he's supposed to kill uh, because of that promise that he made back on Lian Yu. All right, so that's, I mean, that's all you need to know about the flashback. That's what's going on. Uh, back in present-day Star City, it turns out that Quentin Lance is back in town and unfortunately back on the bottle. Now, I... Um, 
I am fortunate. I have never had to deal with addiction myself. And I understand that it is definitely on a straight line. It is a process. Uh, and that uh, Captain Lance falling off the wagon after not only losing his daughter, but um, the romantic relationship we had with Do he had with Donna, more on that later, uh, it, there would be a very good reason for him to backslide and um, have to work to regain his sobriety. However, in terms of narrative structure, we've already seen him go through this. We've already seen him struggle to be sober. Unless there's a really pressing reason to do it, we don't really need to see it again, because narratively, it's the same story. And they don't appear at this point to try to be telling it as like, yes, this is addiction, this is what addiction looks like. It just feels like they needed a, a, a really quick way to show that he had kind of hit bottom again. Um, also, yeah, he is not together with Donna because opposites track, but not that much, because once again, you can't have a healthy relationship with one of these shows. It just doesn't work. Even on Legends, even on Legends, Ray and Kendra had a more or less uh, healthy relationship, um, but then the possibility of Carter came back and that made it supremely unhealthy. Again, polyamory would have solved it, probably, but um, yeah. I'm probably I'm gonna ride that hobby horse till I die. I think. Uh, so uh, Oliver goes to see Quentin. He's like, "Hey, yeah, it's like we can put you back on the police force. You can you can help us out. You could do something." You know, Oliver's still trying to get the team back together, and Quentin was on and off part of that team. Um, Quentin comes to the uh, the speech with uh, the Black Canary statue, and he hears Oliver give the speech, and once again, Oliver's speech inspires him uh, before uh, Tobias Church shows up and kidnaps the mayor and some of uh, the, and the city council that are there to dedicate what is a rather actually unfortunate statue of Laurel Lance slash Black Canary. It's not terribly well done. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. Tobias Church is a crime lord, right? And the reason that he's condemned the mayor is because he wants to find the Green Arrow. Because as he puts it, uh, cities like Gen Pop, you got to find the biggest, baddest dude and kill him so nobody else messes with you. Biggest, baddest dude is Green Arrow. So he's trying to draw Green Arrow out so that he can kill Green Arrow and prove that he, Tobias Church, is the toughest one around. He just kidnapped the mayor and the city council. If you don't think that he is going to be labeled a terrorist and that federal authority and federal money and federal manpower is going to be put on this case, you would be absolutely right because this is the CW Arrowverse and that's the way it works. But that's what should have happened, right? It, it, he should have been labeled a terrorist. The FBI should have shown up and started investigating him. Uh, and... That's, I mean, maybe, maybe it will happen. Maybe it still will happen. But you don't kidnap the mayor of a city of millions of people and the city council in broad daylight and just expect to be Al Capone. That's, that's not, that's not how that works. Well, he kidnaps Ollie. Uh, Ollie insults him. He tells uh, one of his men to take Ollie in the back and teach him a lesson. Uh, the man happens to be one of the dirty cops. 
Uh, we saw earlier in a flashback that Anatoly basically taught Oliver how to dislocate and relocate his thumbs in order to get out of being tied to a chair. So Ollie is fighting this guy, and we see that Ollie has gone back to killing because he kills this dirty cop because the cop can't know that Oliver Queen fights that well because then you could connect Oliver and the Green Arrow and all hell would break loose. But he kills the cop in front of Thea. She has been convinced to don the speedy mantle for just one last mission because every time she tries to get out, they pull her back in. And he and Speedy basically go through... Uh, a number of Tobias Church's men and escape. And when I say go through, Oliver kills a bunch of them. He is back to killing again. It's it's always... Uh... Batman usually does one-on-one -on -one fights. Not all the time, but he usually does one-on-one -on -one fights. And I think in a one-on-one -on -one fight, it's easier to not kill somebody who's trying to kill you. When there's a bunch of people around and bullets are flying, I, I think it might be harder to not kill people who are trying to kill you, especially when you have a gun and maybe not your bow and arrows. And I, I just don't know. It's one of those things where, again, like the show wants to give him a choice between being the killing guy and the not killing guy, and he's chosen to be the killing guy, and that's bad, and it's slowly corroding his soul, and everybody's trying to get him not to do it, except that the show keeps putting him in positions where being the killing guy makes more sense. So anyway... He escapes. He's trying to figure out how to go in there. Uh, Quentin Lance comes up to him and says, look, here are four good cops. Uh, you can trust these guys. They're all great. And he says, fine. The four good cops and the Green Arrow stage a raid and rescue the city council members and beat up on Tobias Church a great extent. It's one of those things where, you know, Tobias Church gets caught in an explosion that lifts him off his feet, knocks him several feet sideways and into some barrels, and you'd think that would maybe cause some broken bones or at least a cracked rib and probably some internal injuries, but everybody's fine. Um, and Oliver manages, of course, to get out of the building right as it explodes, loops uh, an arrow onto the, uh, the skid of the helicopter that Tobias Church is escaping in, and gets into the helicopter and starts beating up on Tobias Church before Tobias Church throws him out of the helicopter, at which point we find that Oliver has packed himself a parachute arrow, which is uh, actually pretty smart, and I'm surprised he hasn't had one before, but um, that's the deal. So since um, he has been able to do this with a team, he, as the mayor in a press conference the next morning, announces that he is going to go forward with the ACI and that the four cops who helped him as the Green Arrow are going to be the four cops who are in charge, who are basically running the ACI, and that they'll be reporting directly to him. Um, now, I think at some point somebody's going to get wise to the fact that uh, the Green Arrow seems to have most of the same information that the mayor does, but that's a problem for later on in the season, I suppose. Um, Oliver then goes back to Felicity. Uh, he agrees that he probably needs to recruit a team. Curtis, who was sent to go find Wild Dog and got beat up by some guys earlier, shows up and says, yes, you recruit a team and I want to be one of them. Um, of course, leading to his eventual debut as Mr. Terrific, whenever that's going to happen. And uh, that's that's where we leave. Uh, well, we don't quite leave Team Arrow. Um he talks to Quentin Lance a little bit, uh, and there's this whole proverb about the shark moves forward or it drowns. 
or something like that. And they both talk about moving forward, even though Oliver still seems to be committed to killing people. But I, I think the implication is that Quentin is going to go back to the police force and stop drinking again, which is <clears throat> moving backward to move or moving forward by moving backward or something like that. It's, it's, it's complicated. Uh, and then Quentin asks about the possibility of Oliver and Felicity getting back together. Oliver says, I don't know. And then we cut to Felicity's apartment where we see some guy who is neither a billionaire nor a vigilante, thereby proving that Felicity maybe doesn't have a type, uh, massaging her shoulders and, and, and getting intimate with her. We've seen the guy before. I forget where. Um, I forget who, who he was. He wasn't that important. And, of course, he is either going to be dead or dumped uh, by the end of the season, if not the middle. We then cut to the last scene, which is one of the one of the four good cops walking away, calling his wife, telling her that it was a good day and that he's going to pick up diapers and formula, uh, only for him to be ambushed by somebody who I'm going to call the Black Arrow, who is not Mal Malcolm Merlin, but somebody who looks like they're wearing sort of a black scarecrow mask and um, just says that they're not the Green Arrow. So this is this is also something we, we have to look forward to. I wonder if this is not maybe too many plot lines to introduce in the first episode, but then again, if not in the first episode, when would you introduce these things? Um, so that's it. I, I still maintain that Arrow is my, my least favorite of the Arrowverse shows. Uh, I've said that in a couple of these episodes. I will probably say that going forward. It, it just... Um, yeah, gosh, the, the writing's just not that great and they don't really have enough levity even with Felicity's uh, character being the way she is well Felicity and Curtis it, it's it's too dark most of the time um and one of the theories behind that is what they really wanted to do was do a Batman show and they couldn't do a Batman show because Gotham was already happening so they did a Green Arrow show instead uh, which reminds me of a quote from um, one of the graphic novels, Green Arrow graphic novels, that was written by Kevin Smith. I forget what it's called. It's the one where Green Arrow comes back to life. Uh, and there's a conversation where he's, I think, he's probably in the bat plane with Batman and he's talking about, Oh yeah. In the old days I used to have an arrow car and an arrow cave and an aeroplane and Batman without looking over his shoulder says, good Lord, man, did you ever have an original thought in your whole life? So anyway, green arrow, the arrow show wanted to be a Batman show. Isn't it's just grim green arrow. And with that, that's going to end this episode of arrow chapter and verse. See you next time.